Okay. I am Lily. I'm an alcoholic. I feel very short right now. I feel like this thing is like taking up the, it's like the dashboard in my car. Um, I'm an alcoholic and I do not like public speaking and uh, I've prepared nothing so you're welcome. Um, I am I'm really grateful to be here. I am really, really grateful to be here in a room of Alcoholics Anonymous, Anonymous of um, sobriety of um, any length. Um, congratulations to our newcomer. Um, any other newcomers uh, that came in late? Um, sobriety is a true gift. Um, it is something that I never I'm not going to say I never knew I wanted. Um, I never knew I could get. Um, I am 15 years sober. Um, I'm 36, just so that's out there. Now I'm like really small and people wonder. Um, but I got sober uh, the second time at 21. and. Um, and I just, I did not know that this could be my life. Um, I grew up in a very destructive home. Um, I was a very, very destructive child from as far back as I can remember, five, six years old. Um, I would just, I would act out so that people would, um, people that loved me would treat me badly. Um, and, and I needed that, and I knew I needed that. Um, not at that age, but when I got like a little bit older and started taking psych classes and stuff, I realized, you know, like, it, and that made it worse, I feel like. That realization of you're sick. Like when you don't know what's wrong with you, it's a little bit better. Um, but I had realized, because I actually wanted to be a social worker, so I had to take all these classes. My focus was in child abuse on, um, you know, how the abused child brain works and addiction and all this stuff. Um, and I started that, um, I, start, I wanted to be a social worker since, I don't know, I was 12. Um, so I had all these um, great um, realizations so early on about myself. Um, but I was destructive from when I was little. Um, I remember distinctly when I was six, um, I went around the house and I took pieces of notebook paper and, um, and I wrote um, F you, I wrote it out on maybe like eight or nine of them and I just taped them up on every door and like wall, like corner that you'd walk around at adult eye level because I wanted my dad who was raising me at the time um, even though I loved him so much and I just wanted him to love me but I needed him to not love me because I didn't feel lovable um, and I needed that. It was like the secret that I loved him. It was just, it was, it was sick. Um, when I look at it, I just thought, oh, what, what, what was that? Um, and that carried through my like, whole life until even into sobriety um, for a long time. Um, 
And you know, and I, my thought was he's going to come home, and everywhere he turns, this is what he's going to see. Um, and and I just I would do things like that, and it would it just progressed. Then I you know then I was old enough to cut myself and um, hit my head against you know walls and, and do those things. Um, but then I you know other people would see me and like nobody knew really. Like everyone's like really you like no you, you seem so normal. And um, I hear that a lot. And um, and it was just this this destruction that I needed. It's like I it was like my fuel in like a really sad way. Um, but it's it's what I needed to survive. I needed to be at this level. If I had too much going for me, like it felt off. It felt wrong. Um, and then so when I got a little bit older, middle school, uh, drugs and alcohol that started. Um, and that was a really, really good, um, that did it. That was like a solid way to consistently hurt yourself, to like consistently self-destruct um, and everything around you. So that really, um, that, was, that was it. I was good. Um, by 16, um, I was in my first, um, my only, I only went to one rehab. Um, besides AA. So um, at 16 I was there. Um, I had been smoking meth every day for um, over a year and, um, and was just a shell and um, had no contact with anybody for um, over a year where I just, I'd just been my, by myself. Nobody wanted to do what I did and how I did it. And, um, and that what worked for me. And um, I went into this program. My, my dad took me into that program. and. I stayed clean for nine months. Um, I remember that, and that's all I remember. I don't remember ever hearing anything about the program. I don't remember hearing a step. I don't remember. It was an outpatient program where we went like twice or two or three times a week. Um, and I don't remember hearing anything. And I say that because the first time I came into AA at 21, it was like I heard it for the first time. Um, like I was shocked. I was like, "This is what sobriety is." So, but what that gave me back, you know, at that age was that I put together this chunk of time not drinking or using, and I just remember it being the happiest time of my life. And so I had gone way, way, way back down and beyond. Um, and at 21, I just. I couldn't do anymore at that point. I literally could not do anymore. Like God had done for me what I could not do for myself again. Um, actually made it so I couldn't get high and I couldn't get drunk. I physically could not do it anymore. Um, I tried over and over and over and it just became horrifically painful to put anything into my body where I'd be crying on the floor. Um, it was, I tried and tried and tried and it was so bad um, that I just thought, well, I guess I have to try stopping. Um, and I thought back to when I was 16 and I went back to that hospital and I said, what do I do? And they gave me a little book of meetings and they circled all the whys for the young people. And um, I went to my first meeting and um, I had a spiritual experience. I swear, like, the sky opened up in the meeting. I was sitting there. I had been sober like a couple days, maybe, maybe one. Um, and I do not think I was seeing things still to this day. But this, I mean, and this guy that was talking, he was sharing, 
I felt like I was hearing from a God that I didn't accept because I was like an atheist at the time. But I just, and from that day on, that guy to me was like God. I was like, anything he said, I was like, I am supposed, luckily he had like 20 something years and he said pretty good things. Um, you know, he said like the keep coming back, get a sponsor, you know, get involved. But like, he like lit up and glowed. It was amazing. I'll never forget it. Um, his name was Jim. And I know, there's many things wrong with that. Um, but it was, it, like, it, I, I don't know why. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ask questions anymore. Um, but that was, um, that was my first experience going to a meeting, and, um, and I, just, I just kept going. Um, I kept going to meetings after that, and... Um, and um, it was a young person's meeting, like I said, and they would all get together after, and they would um, drive down to, from Placentia to Newport Beach, and they'd play pool and play cards and you know drink um, energy drinks, and, um, and they'd be out there all night. And, and I started to do that for a while, and um, it was really hard for me to stay sober. It was really, really hard. I wasn't working any steps. I wasn't feeling like I was getting what I needed there. Um, I felt like I was hearing a lot of the problem and not the solution. And for me, um, I just knew that I couldn't stick around there very long um, at that rate. And so I just, I went and I, I tried another meeting. Um, I went and I, I we moved. Um, I moved down to South Orange County and um, I looked in the little book, I looked at my area, and there was a, there was a 7, 8, 7.30 a.m. meeting um, called Do It Sober. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good, Do It Sober. I want to do it sober. And it was every day, and I'm like, okay, these people are serious. So I showed up, um, not a morning person, but I showed up at 7.30 in the morning. I was waitressing nights at the time, so I had like all day off. And, um, and I walk in the meeting, and it's like, it's a very different demographic. <laughs> I had 100 days, I think, on the day I walked in. And um, I didn't know Laguna Woods used to be Leisure World. <laughs> but I, I really like old people. <laughs> I've always like I, I love you. I love you. I love you, Paul. And um, it was just it was like exactly what I needed. It was exactly what uh, you know. It was exactly what I needed. I what I heard in that meeting um, was a lot of solution. It was it. There was people that had time in other meetings that maybe weren't giving the solution right off the bat, you know, I don't know, but in that meeting, like, it's, it's what I heard. I heard a lot of, you know, this is what's going on, this is what happened to me, but this is what I'm doing about it. This is how I'm applying the principles um, of the program. This is what I'm doing in the book. These are the steps that I'm taking. These are, you know, this is the contrary action. And that was huge for me. Um, topped off with, like, 
actual like, hi, I'm so-and-so, like you're new. Like it was a meeting where they went every day so they knew if you were new. And they would come up to you and they would welcome you and they would ask you if you had a big book, if you had a sponsor, you want to go to breakfast. And um, I just said yes to everything. Um, and they took me to breakfast every morning. I would go like five or six days a week. I'd start going in my pajamas. And it was just my family and it was great. And they taught me how um, to do it sober. Um, it, uh, it really laid the foundation for me of what this program is about, um, which is uh, service, which is action. Um, taking action, contrary action in my, um, in my experience um, was, was really big for me um, because I, I found that the same way that I grew up needing to self-destruct, when I got into the program, stuff just started happening that was positive for me. Like, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop the job from getting better. I couldn't stop my relationship from improving. I couldn't stop, you know, these things that um, were just getting better all around me. I was having friends. I was having um, people show up. And I remember I had six months. and. Um, you know, I was like, in the morning, you're like, eh, the day before, I'm like, eh, no big deal, you know, if nobody remembers, whatever, it's fine. And then the next day, I'm like, nobody remembered. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I'm like, no, it's fine. And then I remember like halfway through the day, it just, I was so sad um, that nobody remembered. I had six months, it was such a big deal. It is a big deal. And you don't realize like how much you want to hear that. Like, congratulations, six months, 30 days, 60 days, like, it's a big freaking deal and Paul Bester shows up at this volunteer shift that I have at, um, I was volunteering at Ashland because he told me to and I just said yes to things and, um, and he like tracked me down, found out where I was that day, showed up with a card that I thought he actually drew by hand but I found <laughs> it was really cute but I found out it was one, it was just adorable um, but he brought me a chip and it was a metal chip, it wasn't like the plastic one, it was a six month um, like a like a metal, bronze, whatever it is, chip. And um, it changed, it changed so much for me. It, it changed me that day and like, wow, like this matters. I matter. This matters. But not only that, but that act, like knowing what it felt like to feel like nobody remembered, you know, and then like that feeling that I got, I'm like, I have to do this for everyone. <laughs> I started going through the phone list and like getting people's birthdays and making cards and doing random deliveries for people. It was just the most amazing thing. Um, and from that, people started liking me and doing things for me, which made me crazy. It really honestly was like the worst. Um, I could not handle it. I could not handle it and my obsession went through the roof. It was like when you squeeze the ball and it just goes out and the oh what happened? Oh there we go. And uh, it just pops out in all the different places. I gotta watch the clock. And um and it, like, I was coming out in crazy ways. I wasn't drinking and using, but I was doing everything else I could think of uh, because I could not stop thinking about destructing. And the biggest way, not necessarily that I needed to drink and use, but I needed to destroy my life, and that was the quickest way I knew how to do it. Um, so it was, uh, instead of, I had a hard couple years, um, I stopped showering for a while. That was a phase. Um, 
I started overeating like crazy. I took up special eating disorders. Like I just, I tried to do things to self-destruct that weren't drinking and using. Um, that would cause myself to just feel horrible about myself. But other people didn't really know. They're like, eh, she gained a few pounds. Eh, she, you know, wearing a lot of perfume today. Um, but like, but me, I knew what I was doing. And it was worse because I knew that I had to do it. And um, that went on for years. And I would just, you know, do what they told me to do, work your steps. I got a sponsor um, in the first few months. Um, and started working my steps. I started being of service um, every most places where I was asked to be. Um, and I just kept feeling, they just told me like, yeah, you feel like this, but you're not going to feel like this forever. You just have to keep building up that other side. Like I had that side that just wanted to kill me one way or another. And they're like, Either you just have to keep building up that other side. It's going to shift. It's going to shift. You don't know when. Like, you don't want to give up before that happens. And for me, I just thought, well, like, if this is as bad as it is, like, I guess I can live with this. You know, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep struggling. And, um, you know, I'm, I worked the steps. That was amazing. Um, it was scary, but it was really amazing um, what that did for me. Still didn't get rid of that feeling I had. Um, you know, there was, there was, I don't know, I didn't know that I could get rid of that. Um, I just pictured it like a handicap, you know, and I just figured something permanent that I'm going to have, like I'm, I have a disability and you just learn to live the best life that you can with your disability and like I'm just, I'm never going to emotionally be above this level, like I'm always going to have to struggle like this and then that's it, that's fine, like this is what I have to do, but I'm alive, you know, I'm doing good, I'm sober. Uh, this is as good as it's going to get, and I just, I just kind of accepted that that I'd be struggling forever. That was, that was like okay, that um, it had to be. There's no other choice. What are you going to do? So I just kept going to meetings. I kept sharing my experience that I was struggling, and um, but still sober, and kept doing the things. And um, I remember I was four and a half years sober, and I was running. Um, I took up all these things. I'm like, I cannot drink and not use. Like, I, w I tried to learn Spanish. I like joined a running club. I'd never run more than like a block. And um, I, you know, I just like, I all of a sudden felt like I, and I started a small business. Like, I just like, I can do things. Like, this is amazing. Um, what else can I do? You know, it's like that one thing I never thought was possible. Like, it just opens up so many doors, which is um, ironic because I always hear people say like, I don't want to get sober. I don't want to go to those meetings. I don't want to be in that room with those people that, you know, don't have, they're powerless, you know, they can't, you know, they can't even rely on themselves, and um, it's like been the exact opposite for me. It's just, it's just like this little investment that you do for yourself that just opens up your whole world. Um, so I started doing that. I was running. I was um, training for this half marathon, and um, I remember exactly where I was, um, and I just remember where I, I was running, and I don't even know, I mean, I wasn't doing anything special. I was running and all of a sudden I felt, I physically felt, and I pictured this too. You know that scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest is running and his braces come off? Okay, maybe you don't, but it's a really good scene. Um, but I pictured that, it was really weird, but I was running, but I physically felt 
I physically felt all that struggle, all that um, self-hate, the self-loathing, the need to self-destruct. I physically felt it come off. Like it was a tangible, like a, almost like an armor that I had on that was falling off as I was running. And I still remember it. Um, I felt it so clearly that I started running faster. And I started crying because I knew what was happening. And it was something that I never thought I would ever experience because I thought I was born this way. This is the way I'm wired. I'm stuck like this. You know, it's never going to be different. And uh, to feel that in that moment, just it completely blew my mind. Um, I, um, I went on from there thinking, you know, you start sobriety and you think, I don't deserve this. You know, I, I, don't, I don't deserve to have these relationships back. I don't deserve to be getting all this stuff back. Um, and you kind of wonder, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like, when, you know, like I can, I can enjoy this for how long until what I really deserve is going to happen. And that happened to me for a long time. And I'm just like, who's going to die? Like, who's going to leave me? Like, what's going to happen? Because there's no way that I deserve to be this happy and um, to get sobriety, I see all the people around me that don't make it, you know? They just, they come in and they go back out. Um, why me? Why am I here? Um, something's, you know, something's got to give. And I remember thinking that for a long time. So when that happened, that was hard because I thought, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. Um, it was so amazing. It was such a different feeling on a daily basis where I just thought, I don't care how long this lasts. I'm just going to enjoy it. I just decided I'm just going to enjoy this. I might not only feel like this for like a month, like a week, a year. I don't know. And like five or six years went by and, and I still had that feeling of wholeness, of being okay, of not wanting to self-destruct, of not having those obsessive um, thoughts constantly of being able to really breathe um, on a deep level and feel like I'm not looking behind my shoulder like what's going to happen. Um, and that was amazing. I realized one day, um, again, you know, God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. I do not believe that if I would have lost the obsession right away, like I hear some people say, like, oh, I came in and I just, the obsession was relieved. My first meeting. I, I honestly think if it would have been relieved in those first couple years, I would have been like, see, I'm good. I could go back out there. I could do it. But because I struggled for so long, I thought like, but what it did for me, because I was so young, you know, and everyone's like, you're fine, you're fine, you don't even know what drinking is, you'll, you know, you just need to get sober for a while, that, um, you know, I would have been like, yeah, I am fine, see, I'm fine, but what that did for me was it told me, you're not fine at all, like, everyday reminder, like, you are not fine, you have this crazy brain that is destructive and obsessive, and dealing with that for as many years as I did um, was such a blessing because it made me, um, it made me never want to go back to that, it made me want it even more, um, and, um, and I'm just really grateful for that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, um, really, really good and really, really weird. Um, you know, I, uh, I have a higher power that I, that I call God. Um, I've had some incredible experiences um, in sobriety that had I not gotten sober 
And I used to have, uh, my sponsor I had for the longest time said, I thank God for bringing me to AA and AA for bringing me to God. And um, I never understood that. I was like a full atheist. Um, I refused to say the Lord's Prayer at the end of the meetings. I would just stand there in silent solitude and, um, and think like, you know, I just, I, my dad is an atheist and he raised me and, um, and I just rejected any of that. It was hard for me to get, um, to get that in the program, the higher power thing and uh, pray to the doorknob or the group or whatever you need. Um, but I did know that I needed something that wasn't me because um, I wanted to kill myself. And, um, and um, when I was about 13 years sober, I had um, my husband at the time um, had, had done some really, really crazy things and um, ended up leaving myself and my two girls. And, um, it was sudden. It was like so sudden and um, it was shocking and it's something that I don't ever get to share at a public level but I can share the feelings and um, I just remember when I found out about it getting in the car and doing what I knew to do which was go to the meeting. So I got in the car and I drove to the Do It Sober meeting and I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs what the fuck because I I like I'm like I didn't know what I was talking to what I who what I was doing but I just remember thinking like this is it's happening now like I had put it aside that you know the other shoe was going to drop but now like it's dropping on it's not a shoe it's like a it's like the sky, it's like everything, and it was so heavy, and it was so like, everything came back to me all of a sudden of like, this is what you deserve, like this is, and I just remember yelling and screaming like, why would you do this to me? Why would you give me this hope and bring me this far just to let me fall from this high? Like, how could you do that? Why would you do that? And within a couple of seconds, literally a couple of seconds, I felt a presence come over me in such a powerful way. I've never believed in like creator God, but I felt this presence come over me where I had to pull over the car because I just, all of a sudden I was like, there's a God? Like, there's a God. And I couldn't stop saying that for I don't know how long, months? But it was like I just knew. Like my, it's like when you pick up your baby and they know that, you know, you're, they're crying and they, they know you're their mother and they stop crying and they just, they're connected to you. And I just knew. And I just felt like everything was going to be okay. And um, got back on the road and went to the meeting and um, and I just from that point on I just felt like everything was going to be okay and that all this was happening for a reason it was all for my good um, and it needed to happen and I had like this joy from then on it was um, nothing I ever knew I needed or wanted um, there was that little place in my heart that was still empty that was completely full now um, it has been for the last two and a half years and it's amazing um, so I, uh, yeah, I don't know that I would have ever been able to experience that had I not cleared all the wreckage, had I not cleared a place, um, you know, within me to, um, to get to that place, but, um, I'm really grateful 
for this program. I'm really grateful for my society, and um, I hope that you find here what I found here. Um, and uh, I think that's about it. So thank you.